0: I wanted to look at um, <coughs> chapter 13 of Exodus uh, very, just uh, really the first uh, two verses um, from a stylistic but also a thematic <coughs> perspective so if you want to read the first
1: verse paro <coughs> <laughs> it's a It's very
0: interesting kind of uh, interplay between God, uh, Pharaoh
1: and the people. Can you translate it? It came to pass when Pharaoh let the people go that God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines for it was near because God said lest the people reconsider when they see war and return to Egypt. So what do you think
0: is the the rationale for God? You know, you can go the short way (coughs) or you can go the long way. (coughs) So when Pharaoh lets the people go... (coughs) <laughs> and God is leading them, He doesn't want to lead them the short way through Philistine to the land, the promised land, because?
1: They uh, kind of like, let, let's say people we consider when they see war and return to Egypt. Right. So,
0: what kind of mentality would that be?
1: fear and not trust.
0: Flair, slave mentality. A slave will do that, right? <clears throat> um,
1: next verse. And in English, so God led the people around by way of the desert to the Red Sea, and the children of Israel were armed when they went up out of Egypt. And Rashi says, "Vayasev, vayasev, hasibam min ha the Akuma wow
0: the word Vayasev means Hesiba a circuitous route Minaderecha Pshuta from the straight line route the Derecha Akuma to a, a bent Akuma Akum circuitous route he led them around from a straight path to a a a circuitous route and he did this because of the first Pasek when Pharaoh sent the people God did not let them go through the lands of the Philistines (coughs) the Rambam has a whole philosophical problem with free will and leading and But he uses our proof text that God feared that seeing war the Israelites would panic and want to go back. So the obvious question the Rambam asks is, well then, if everything's a miracle, put put courage in their hearts. Why doesn't God put courage into their hearts? Because God does not want to intervene in human nature. And not only that, he goes further. It's no accident that the generation that left the Egypt was not the same generation to cross the Jordan and enter the promised land that belonged to their children. So what he's saying is that it's no accident that we had to wait a generation from those who left Egypt with the slave mentality to those who were born in the wilderness and ready to go into the land with a freedom mentality. And that switch from slave mentality to freedom mentality apparently required a switch of generation. So he writes, it was the result of God's wisdom that the Israelites were led about in the wilderness until they acquired courage. He didn't want to affect their free will. So they had to go wandering around the wilderness until they acquired kind of courage. For it is well known that traveling in the wilderness deprived of bodily enjoyments like bathing produces courage, he says. I think about him as he's mourning his brother. There were boats going from Cairo through the Persian Gulf to the Far East, to Rangoon, to India, to China, already in the 10 hundreds. And from the Cairo Gnezer, Um, Goiten G-O-I-T-E-N has spent his life uh, unraveling the thousands or so fragments in the upstairs of the little synagogue in Fostat in Cairo old Cairo where they found this about 150 years ago Schechter worked on it but Goiten didn't work on the theological and the P-U-T-E-M and the liturgy, he worked on Uh, the everyday fragments of life Uh, the, the, the receipts for the travels the documents and legal documents between the owners of the boat the sailors of the boat and the merchants who were taking the spices back and forth and in one of them, there is a documentation of the Rambam's brother having drowned at sea. Why would it be written down? Because they then go to the courts of law, the Bate Din in Cairo, uh, because there is a, uh, a lawsuit between the owner of the boat and those who he promised he would deliver, but he didn't deliver. And I, as, as, as Maimonides is writing about this, uh, this, this traveling brings courage, you know, he himself had to come from Spain to Egypt, and he had to take go by boat. And it's interesting how he implies that uh, the deprivation of bodily enjoyments, like bathing, produces courage. He had to, for many weeks, was on a boat. But um, there are rough drafts of the corpus. They drafts. are original drafts on fragments of parchment that still
1: are original. But they were the rough drafts during the time because the Herogoniza was kind of like the sacred trash house.
0: Right, right. Now I want to just go from the thematic to the psychological and I want to bring you something that's written by the Ksap Sofa in the name of um, of the Balaturim and also his uh, grandfather, the chsam um, soifer uh, so he starts what is the deep explanation of God uh, making the people go in a circuitless route derech hamidbar, through the wilderness of yamsuf so he first states a very enigmatic medrash, he quotes the medrash from Shmos Rabbah Chapter 20, uh, sub-chapter 18. And he says, quoting the Midrash, Dovah Acher, another explanation uh, of Ayasev Elohim Esau. From here, our rabbis state, even a poor person among the Israelites, Lo Should not eat until he leans. Because that's exactly what God did to them. He made them lean? No. So he uses this as a proof text. The Bala Medrash is saying that on the Seder nights, when we recount the Cypriotius Mitzrayim, the going out of Egypt through the Exodus, that includes our parsha of Beshalach, that includes the verse by Yasev Elokim Es God made them go a circuitous route. That recitation has to be done Behesheba, leaning. We lean at the Haggadah table. What does leaning represent? Well, in Roman times, it represented a freeman, a man who was not a slave, a man who maybe had um, property and who therefore could vote in the Greeks or the Roman Emporium or Senate. But certainly it meant he wasn't a slave. Well, we all reenact that uh, historical drama every year annually at the Seder. We reenact it in the following way: Every person has to see himself as if he went out of Egypt. Well, if he went out of Egypt, he's a freeman, so he's got, he's got a lean. So then, why do we have to be told "Afilu Even a, a poor person today, a poor person today, who's eating the matzah. Cannot eat it without first leaning because it's the matzah of freedom. But he's a poor person. He's not free. He could well be a slave. It's a very enigmatic uh, medrash. The medrash is saying we know that every person has to fulfill the mitzvah of matzah and making kiddush and saying the story of the Haggadah. You don't lean for the morrow because you weren't free. And you have to lean. And we know that everyone leans, no matter who he is. So the Medrash written in the fifth and sixth century, this is Shmos Rabba 20. So the first 14 chapters of Shmos Rabba are very Tanaitic, and after that it's all late. So we already are doing the Haggadah 500 years. We already are doing, it's already canonized the way we do it, And you have to lean. Not only that, everybody knows that even the poor person has to lean. Comes along the meditation and says, I will find you a proof text to show you that an oni should lean. How does he do it? A pun. The word yesev means to lean, hesebo. But, the, but he brings it from a proof text in the Bible to show it really is a biblical ordinance. But he does it by using a trick. The trick is the word Vayasev Elohim That doesn't mean he made the people lean. <laughs> it means he, in the Hifil, he caused them to, to journey in a circuitous route. Okay, it's cute, it's nice, it's a pun, and it's an etiological connection that the Medrash tries to <clears throat> rationalize what we do every year on the Haggadah, at Pesach time, on that wonderful night of Sipur Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim, with something that's in the text that's occurring during the Sipur Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim, which is, and God made them go a circuitous room. There it's Vayasev, and there it is Acheyesev. That's the connection between the two. Now the Ksaf Sofa is going to pick up on that. who Midrash Playa, I mean that's a non-rational Midrash. You're giving me a pun to explain <clears throat> why a poor person has to lean because of that. but B'bala So let's first look at a medieval scholar, the Balaturim, who says, and he made them go a circuitous route along the way of the desert. And now the Balaturim is very sensitive to the Medrash and to the verse and connects it with an imaginary Seder meal that's occurring on the way. She'orach lohem haKadosh Baruch Shulchan vehesibon lecho. God prepared them. They're running out of Egypt. And the pharaoh is chasing them. Wait, wait, wait. Let's have a nice big fabrengan. Everybody sit down. All the Jews sit down. And they have their very first Seder meal. And what do they do? For the first time, they're freemen. And they all lean. So the Balaturim is saying, no, no, it's not a fanciful thing. This is a historical moment in time. The very first Seder and we leaned. So doesn't just mean he made them go in a circuitous way, but he made them lean on the way when they had that very first Seder meal. Very nice. Third line. So from here the rabbis that even as they were going out of Egypt, not all Jews were the same. Some were rich, some were poor, but God made them all lean. Ah, that's where we get the minhag, that everyone has to lean, whether poor man or rich man. <clears throat> and nevertheless, we're stuck with the same problem, which is the literal reading of the verse means "Vayasev he made them go in a circuitous fashion so the word "vayasev" still means alpep shuto shel mikra uh, that they went in a circuitous fashion sived lohem haderach he cir- circularized the way "The arech lohem haderach and he prolonged the way litovatam for their benefit. Why? Because he was worried. They're going to see battle. And they're going to go running back in their slave mentality. As you said. Back to Mitzrayim. And now. He brings. A beautiful psha. And now he's going to go psychological on us. Paamim. Adam Anive a person who finds himself in impenurious circumstances he's constantly in this state of anxiety and it, it bothers him and and he has Tsar he suffers from the fact that his arechlo this length of poverty continues and is extended and it doesn't stop. Until, you know, he sells his bitcoins and he comes out of his poverty. And now he uses that same word. And God, he extends his poverty by keeping it going in a cycle of poverty. Circular. It's a cycle of poverty. And now he tells us, don't, don't give up hope. Why? Because just like God made them go into the wilderness circuitously and they must have been thinking, hey, what on earth is going on? Why is he doing this to us? Just like by in the Exodus, He did it for their good because he was worried that they're going to go rushing back to Egypt if they see the war. So to hear the prolongation of the cycle of poverty is apparently for his good. Because God only knows. Were he to win the jackpot right now, It won't be good for him Won't be good for him If I'd make you go straight to Israel And you see those coming at you You'd go straight back to Egypt To your poverty And to the flesh pots of Egypt And to the 49 gates of Tumor You'll just go right back to where you started You won't emerge from it So I have to make you go through The cycle of recovery From the addiction to all the flesh pots of Egypt through a long, arduous process of suffering and denial. If I knew that this poor person would get his Yeshua right now, maybe it wouldn't work for him. The nouveau riche spend their money very quickly. The al the Chol-Inyan Adam that's a quote from Pirkei that a person in every Inyan, meaning in every financial status, should be happy with his lot. Sameach pechelko meaning, happy with his lot, no matter how low down you are on the totem pole financially. and his food, Barina with joy. the behesebo kedere And he should, now this doesn't just necessarily mean on the Seder night. He should, he should eat behesabo like he was a free man, a rich man, leaning as if, even though he's a poor man, because He's trusting in the Lord that this is for his good, that this prolongation of his cycle of poverty is good for him because he's not ready yet for Hatzlacha. So now he is telling us, I am connecting the Midrash Rabbah of the Rabbis tell us, even a poor man, should not eat until he has leaned by the Seder table, connecting to Vayasevelukim not through the pun, but thematically through the idea that sometimes even a poor person should behave with the joy of a rich person because he trusts in God and waits for his refuge in Hatzlacha. He knows that it is for their good that he is prolonging the journey by a circuitous road. Lest they will seal war and then he, they will regret having gone through this cycle of recovery. So too the poor man of Israel. Sheroe <speaking in> who sees <speaking in Hebrew> that the time for his salvation is delayed and prolonged. Al <speaking> Yipol <in Hebrew> do not fall in spirit. Don't become long faced about it. Don't get depressed. yemima. <speaking in Hebrew> That God circuitously makes you prolong your suffering and He makes you eat Beheseba from generation to generation because it is for your good that He's doing it, lest you will get into a state that you will fall back into your evil ways because you didn't take the time it takes for the spiritual process to slowly work through you. And we know this from the recovery program. Some people go and do their 12 steps, you know, I'm done in six weeks, and they think they've done it like they did a course in high school. Unfortunately, it's not that you work the steps, those steps have to work through you. The way you go through the 40 years of the wilderness uh, and they went through the 20 stations along the way. Each one is a different step, according to the Maggid, in the spiritual development of freedom. So too in the 12-step program, each step is a slow, painful uh, extenuation of recovery that works through you. And when you, if you're not ready for it, you'll just go back to Egypt and drink again, or, or, or gamble again, or rage again, or spend money again the way you would do uh, in a way that's um, that's addictive. Uh, so I find the parallels here between um, these. there's going to be a process uh, from the slavery of Egypt till the Promised Land, um, there is going to be a circuitous route, and that has to do with liberation, liberation theology, which we express at the Seder table. And no matter how poor you are on an annual basis in your life, that trust in the eventual success of your inner work, that spiritual process, uh, the inner work that we do as we go through life, um, to free ourselves from... Uh, those addictions that bind us to the temporary nature of this world. Um, those are really, a, that's a process that's for our good, that makes us sometimes feel we are poverty-stricken. Uh, but at this table of Ga'ula, uh, this table of redemption, even the poor person must lean to demonstrate not the fact that he's rich, he's not, just the opposite, he's poor. And it's demonstrating that he is acting like a free man because he believes the eventual salvation will come at the appropriate time when the divine feels that he is ready for it. Does that make sense? And I just thought this was a beautiful ksaf that <clears throat> didn't just take a moralistic, pietistic view of the connection between the medrash and the pshat, but actually took a very deeply psychological view.